Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring Danny Thomas, plus the complete cast from It Pays to be Ignorant, George Shelton, Harry McNaughton, Lula McConnell, and moderator Tom Howard. Comedian Danny Thomas has been around for many years. He was a stand-up comic in nightclubs in and around Chicago during the 30s. In the 40s, he appeared as the guest on many radio programs. And he was a regular on the Baby Snooks Maxwell House program as Jerry Dingle, the Happy Postman. During the 50s, he began his own television show, Make Room for Daddy, which enjoyed great success for more than a decade. And as the 70s begin, Mr. Thomas shows no signs of slowing down a fabulous career. Someday I fully expect to see him in a series entitled Make Room for Great Granddaddy. But for now, let's go back to the mid-40s and a radio show on which Danny Thomas did one of his sensational routines. Thank you. Thank you very much, lovely lady. Such a thrill being here. I'd like to sing a song for you, if I may. A bit of a song on philosophy. Philosophy of money. What is it and how come I never have any? (laughs) I... This song was born of a proverb written by Socrates who once said, money can't buy happiness, and it's so true. Money really can't buy happiness. Of course, with money you can be unhappy in comfort, but (laughs) it can't buy happiness, as you know. Money is a funny thing, I don't know. You take, everybody makes it and some people don't. I don't know, it's crazy. You take little Margaret O'Brien, for instance, a star at Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Nine years old, this little girl can retire already with three million dollars. That's pretty good, huh? Nine years old, got three million bucks already. And I was talking with my accountant the other day. (laughs) We got it figured out at the rate I'm going. I should be able to retire at the age of three million with nine (laughs) dollars. No, I figured it out this way. I, I, I can't, I can't buy anything so with my money, I got an annuity. Such an annuity, I got. When I reach the age 97, I get $17 a week. And every week for the rest of my life. You see... I've studied life and I've been taught that wealth is disillusion and after lots of careful thought I've come to this conclusion (laughs) that anyone with a million dollars can be a millionaire (laughs) but a poor man can be poor without a cent You know, money doesn't mean a thing to a person's mental state. 
Because a man with seven million is as happy as a man that has eight. <laughs> Anybody wish to give me an argument on that point? <laughs> you know, anyone with a lot of dough can be a wealthy man. But a pauper can be poor when he is broke. Can money buy you romance as life unfolds its span? Oh, the richness of a friendship that a man has for a man. Or the loyalty of a loved one. You bet your life it can, cause the best things in life cost up. <laughs> I'll tell you when. <laughs> Wealth is unimportant. Some have it, some do not. But what has a rich man got that a poor man hasn't got? Nothing. Fancy cars and well-stocked bars and stocks and bonds and pretty blondes. Precious jewels and swimming pools. Big estates with private gates. Marble tubs and daily rubs and railroad lines and silver mines and caviar and grapes. And that things a poor man never at. Wait a minute. Take it easy. Hey. Hey. Wait, hey. Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, they say, they say only the rich are blue-blooded. Oh, that's so untrue. A poor man can be blue-blooded, too. Of course, you'll have to freeze to death to do it. <laughs> and that's why, that's why I always say... <laughs> what do you always say? <laughs> well, at least it's what I always say. <laughs> that anyone, anyone with a million dollars can be a millionaire. But a poor man can be poor without a One of my favorite radio programs was It Pays to be Ignorant. It was a quiz show that never needed a correct answer to be amusing. In fact, to many, it was the funniest program on the air. With all the bits, jokes, routines, and gags, I think it could be compared to today's laugh-in. Anyway, it starred four zany people who had spent most of their life in vaudeville. They knew what was funny and how to make it sound even funnier. This prize comedy show for my collection is guaranteed to keep you laughing as we hear this 1945 version of It Pays to be Ignorant. What is liberty? Liberty is what a man loses when he gets married. Correct. Pay that man $8. What is a honeymoon salad? Lettuce alone. Let Correct. Pay that man. Because it pays to be ignorant. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, here we are again with that quiz program that osteopaths love because it gives people a pain in the neck. We have a board of experts who are so dumb they think rhubarb is celery with high blood pressure. <laughs> first, first we have the celebrated author, Mr. Harry McNaughton, who has just written a book entitled Making Out Your Income Tax or To Have and Have Not. But, 
Here he is, Mr. Harry McNaughton. Thank you. I have a poem, Mr. Howard. Ah, you always do. A wonderful bird is the pelican. His nose can hold more than his bellican. He can hold in his beak enough food for a week. But I don't see how the dickens he manages to do it. Oh. <laughs> You thought I was going to say how the... No, never mind. Let it go at that, please. Next, we have a woman who looks like a feather bed that's not been made up for three weeks. Uh, a woman who was shot down twice as a non-identified balloon, Miss Lolo McConnell. You know, Mr. Howard, a man came around to my house today and wanted me to buy some Red Cross seals. Well, did you buy the seals? I did not. No? Where am I going to get the fish to feed them? Ah, all right, next we have a man who would like to have hair on his chest, but he hasn't any chest. A man, a man who ran around his bed all night trying to catch some sleep. Here he is, Mr. George Shelton. Well, you know, Miss Todd, I went to see a show last night. Why did I have a hard time getting in the theater? Did you buy any tickets? Sure, I bought a ticket. Went inside and had to come out and get another ticket. Mm. Went in again, had to come out and get another ticket. Uh, yeah. Done that four times. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's the idea? How, how come? What I, was the matter? Why I don't know. You... Every time I went inside, some guy took the ticket off me and tore it up. I took it out. <laughs> gets worse. All right, let's get on with the questions. Now, pay attention. Here's the first question for all this evening. What kind of animals do we give dog biscuits to? Is that, is that clear? Oh, rather, perfectly, yes. Shall we go on to the next question? <laughs> Wait a minute, please. You haven't answered this question yet. Oh, but we have. The question was, is that clear? And I said it was. Mr. McDonald, how much would you charge to scare a baby? How old is it? How old? Ah, cut it out. The question is, what kind of an animal, animal do we give dog biscuits to? Did you say dog biscuits? I said dog biscuits. I didn't know they made biscuits out of dogs. I see. Neither did I. I'll never eat another dog biscuit as long as I live. No. <laughs> well, you three Mexican chihuahuas cut it out. Have you got a dog, Miss McConnell? Oh, goodness, yes. I've got a beautiful dog. Huh? Yeah, he took the first prize at the cat show last year. At the cat show? Yeah, he took the cat. Oh. He took the cat. Very cute. You know, I had a lovely cat, but I lost it. Yeah. Well, why don't you put an ad in the newspaper? Wouldn't do any good. You see, the cat can't read. The cat can't read. Have you got a dog, Mr. Sheldon? I, I did have, and boy, was he a smart dog. Yeah? Never saw such a smart dog. Uh -huh. But I had to get rid of him. I had to get rid of him. You know that dog could tell a gentleman from a tramp a mile away? Oh, why'd you get rid of him? He bit me. He bit me. <laughs> $5,000. He was, the dog was worth $5,000. Oh, you raised it. $5,000. Look, I'd like, to know, I'd, I'd like to know one thing. How could a dog save that much money? That's a very good point, Mr. McConnell. You say he was worth $5,000? Thank you, yes. Well, what kind of a dog was he? He was part bull. What part was bull? The part about the $5,000. <laughs> Look, the question is, what kind of an animal do we give dog biscuits to? You've been talking about the animal all along. We have not. We've been talking about dogs. I see. Miss McConnell, why don't you go home? Your cage must be cleaned out by this time. You know, you know Mr. Howard, I, I, I have a dog, and does that dog eat? He's eating us out of house and home. You know, he'll have the house broke before he is. He'll have the house broke before...
Excuse me, please. Yeah, I beg your pardon. Uh, what program is this? I beg your pardon. Is this one man's family? <laughs> no, no, this is It Pays to be Ignorant. Oh, thank you very much. Hey, uh, what was that all about now? Who let that guy in here? Now, come on. Who was he? Does anybody know? No, I don't know. I you have don't? no idea. Let's get on with the question here. This seems to be like Grand Central Station. Look. Now, let's try and get this question up only by accident. Mr. Howard, a telegram just came from Mr. Shelton. What else is going to happen tonight? All right, give it all. Here you are, Mr. Shelton. I signed for it. Oh, fine. Oh, thanks, Johnny. All right, oh, put it away. Johnny. Put it away, and let's get on with the program. Wait a minute. I won't put it away. Maybe it's important. Yeah. Might be for my draft board. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me they're drafting grandfathers now. Ah, <laughs> uh, read it, Mr. Shelton. What does it say? Well, I can't. It says, Western Union. A.N. Williams, president. Class of service. Look. This is a full-rate telegram. Look, wait a minute, wait a minute. Or cablegram, unless yeah. its deferred character is indicated by a suitable symbol Look. above or preceding the address. Look, please. Look, will you cut it out? What are you reading? I'm reading this telegram. But you don't read that part of Why it. Why don't you read it? It's printed. Printed here, ain't it? Yeah, but that part is, ain't supposed to be read. Well, what did they print it from? You're not supposed to read it. <laughs> You're perfectly right, Mr. Shelton. Perfectly right. Read on. But look, uh, what, what you're reading is no message. Why ain't it? It tells you the rules of the Western Union hey, and who's back at them, don't All right, all right. Mr. Mr. Howard, pardon me. Mr. Howard, if you're doing business with a firm, you surely want to know who you're doing business with and why and wherefore and to wit. To wit? Oh, fine. Let's get on here, please. Oh, why don't you let him read his telegram, you old fuddy-duddy, you? Fuddy-duddy. Go right ahead, Mr. Shelton. Read it, don't right. It says... Look, look, please. You start reading down further in the middle. Who ever heard of anyone starting to read in the middle of anything? Yeah. Mr. Howard, when you get a letter, do you start in the middle of it? No, no. I start at the top. That's where I started oh, at the please. top. Now, where was I? Oh, please. Oh, yeah, here it is. It says, symbol. D.L. Day Letter. Oh. N.L. Night Letter. Look. L.C. Deferred Cable. Yeah, look. N.L.T. Cable Night Letter Ship Radio Program. <laughs> this is the most confusing telegram I ever got. <laughs> read on, read on. Yeah, the filing time shown in the date line on telegram oh, and day letters is standard time at point of origin. Yeah, time of receipt uh, is standard time uh, at point of destination. I'm so glad it isn't bad news, you know. No, I <laughs> Is it good up till now? Uh, it's marvelous up to now, yes. you blockhead. Throw it away I here. somebody was sick. W will you read the message to me and... Why should I read the message to you? You've got to know if you want to hear what my telegram says. Look, all right, read it to yourself. You don't have to read it aloud. If I don't read it out hard, loud, how will I know what I'm listening to? Gee <laughs> wish you're dumb, you are. Look, look. Mr. Shelton, tell me, who's the telegram from? I told you, A.N. Williams, class of science. Why will you cut it out, please? That isn't, isn't her name signed at the bottom of the telegram. Well, let me see. You got me all excited. Let me see. Oh, yeah. Well, what do you know? It's from my sweetheart, Sarah. Yeah. Oh, really? What does it say? It doesn't say anything. She just signed her name. Uh, that's funny. No, there's nothing funny about it. We're not speaking to each other. Oh. <laughs> Haven't spoken to her for years. Haven't spoken to her for years. Not since I pushed her off the Staten Island ferry boat. Uh. <laughs> She's in the waves. Ah, uh, cut it out. Uh, 
system, uh, pardon me, is this uh, bachelor's children? No, it pays, <laughs> no, it pays to be ignorant. Oh, thank you very much. Say, what goes on here? Who is that guy? This must be an alley or something. It must be. Ken Roberts, will yes, you close that side door there or something? Uh, let's get on. Who is our first contestant this evening, Mr. Roberts? Well, our first contestant tonight, Mr. Howard, is Mr. Ralph W. Hughes, a male nurse on the exchange ship Grips Home. Oh! Mr. Hughes, and welcome to It Pays to Be Ignorant. We're very glad to have you here with us. How do you feel, sir? Pretty good right now. Uh, thanks. Well, we're glad you're here. Where is your hometown, would you care to tell it? West Hempstead, Long Island. West Hempstead, Long Island. Well, <laughs> West Hempstead. Well, give me an Oscar and call me Bing. I see. Uh, I used to work in that town. Here it comes. Yeah, I did. I was a doctor in a shoe factory. You, uh, you were a doctor in a shoe factory? I used to examine tongues. I know. <laughs> okay. Good job for a heel. Pay no attention to Mr. Hughes. Uh, uh, you you're, have been or are on the grip zone, is that right? That's right. How long have you been on the boat? Well, I made two trips to Sweden, England, and the last one over to France. Oh, that is great. I suppose you would have many interesting experiences. And I sure would like to have a lot of time with you. I, I, I imagine uh, it must be very interesting on the boat. It sure is. Seen a lot of uh, pleasure and a lot of sadness, I guess. A lot of sorrow. Yeah, I imagine, yeah. I guess the boys are all very glad when they get inside of this country again, aren't they? They all jumped over the ship. They saw the bay down down below. They jumped over the ship. And oh, they jumped all over the ship. Oh, jumped. I thought they jumped <laughs> off the ship and swam for it. <laughs> I, I, I don't doubt I would do it if I could swim. Well, we're, we're very glad to have you here, I'm sure. You know, uh, you know, Mr. Hughes, I, um... I, I, I have a plan, you know, for after the war, you know, to put everybody to work. Mm -hmm. Yes. Put all the men on one island and all the women on another island. And inside of a week, everybody will be busy. What doing? <laughs> Building boats. Building boats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a very good idea. Yeah, sort of an exchange ship there. Yeah. yeah. yeah see what... Hey, what, what's your name, honey? Your first name, honey. Yeah. Mine? Yeah, what's your first name? Mr. Ralph. Ralph. Ralph, yeah. That's a nice name, isn't it, yeah, Ralph? Yes, it yes. It's a nice guy, too, huh? Oh, uh -huh. This is about the, the, the yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you could just call me Maple Sugar. Maple Sugar. Yeah, I'm so sweet. You certainly are. And yeah. just as sappy. <laughs> Ralph, uh, our, pardon yes. me, uh, Mr. Hughes, would you reach into the dunce cap there and pick out a question for us, please? And would you be kind enough to read the question, if you will? What kind of a license is required when two people wish to get married? That's very good. What kind of a license is required when two people wish to get married? What's the name of the people, Mr. Hart? Ah, wait a minute. <laughs> that don't make any difference. It don't. You mean to tell me two people are going to get married and they don't know each other's names? <laughs> well, that's terrible. Why don't somebody introduce them to each other? That's right. You know, after they get married, they may, they may want to say something to each they other. They may. Yeah. Huh? I mean, yeah. they just can't call, go around hollering, Hey, you! No, the no, that wouldn't must be have very a name. sociable. Listen, you three sponge heads, there's no one getting married. Well, no one getting married? Then what do you want to know about a license for, then? 
If nobody's going to get married, you don't need a light. Look, it don't make any difference who's getting married. That is not the question. Oh, it does make a difference, Mr. Howard, who's getting married. A person just doesn't stand on the corner and marry the first person that comes along. I did. You did. <laughs> Where did you meet your husband, Miss McConnell? In a pool room. Yeah. Yep, he walked in and there I was. Yeah, behind you. You were shooting pool? No, no, I worked there. Used to rack up the balls. But I had to quit. I was a nervous wreck. You were ah, please, you were a nervous wreck. That's, That's nice. the worst pun I've ever had. <laughs> Let's get on here. What must I do to get a dancer around here? Bleed? Where are you going to get the blood? Well, <laughs> the question is, what kind of a license is required for two people when they get married? You know, marriage is like betting on a horse. Yeah. Yeah, you never know what two bucks will get you. Yeah, I... <laughs> I can never understand marriage. Before marriage... A girl has to kiss the man to hold him. After marriage, she has to hold him to kiss him. Very good, Miss McConnell. The question is not what marriage is. It's about a license. Yeah, well, me and my old man had a runaway marriage. You had a runaway marriage? Yeah. <laughs> but my old man didn't run fast enough. Yeah, <laughs> you know, my cousin Susie married a fireman. Oh, volunteer? No, her father made him. Her father. <laughs> <laughs> my cousin's married. She's married to a man who just can't bear children. Well, after all, you know, she shouldn't expect too much from her husband. <laughs> Excuse me, is this the adventure? Is it a thin man? Look! My friend, I don't know who you are, but this program is it pays to be ignorant. Well, is every program on the air it pays to be ignorant? <laughs> what do you want? Well, I'm looking for an empty studio. For what? Well, I've got to give a leopard a banjo lesson. A leopard? Wait a minute. Have you got a leopard that plays a banjo? No, but I've got one spotted. You got one? <laughs> <laughs> damn, damn. Please. Well, folks, Mr. Palazzi tells us it's time to sign off. So we'll leave you until this time next week. So here is Terry Allen to tell you what we mean when we say... It pays to be ignorant, to be dense, to be dumb, to be ignorant. It pays to be ignorant just like me. Each week I earn six dollars, my brain is terribly lax. But when there ain't no income, then there ain't no income tax. that wraps up this edition of the golden days of radio you know american sports lovers are behind their team all the way and they expect every player to give all he's got in your own way in your own job you're an important part of a big team a team designed to protect our country a lot of people back home are counting on our armed forces and on you 
Now, this is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you back next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.